This is the Dogmatist presented by Strive Sports. Benjamin Klein here with you on this Tuesday evening. Uh, this is the first time I'm recording the show. going to post it to Instagram. Obviously, you can access the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can find the links to access those on the link tree in my bio, on my Instagram page, at the Strive Sports. Uh, go hit up those podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or you could just w- simply watch them on Instagram. That also works. Uh, just give you a little background of this show. Uh, so a dogmatist is basically someone who has a uh, is very opinionated. Sometimes doesn't base his opinion on facts. I'll do my best to base my opinion on facts, but sometimes you get some some really nice raw emotion. Uh, you know what your actually your actual uh, feelings are and uh, your actual opinion uh, on the matter. Um, and, you know I, I tend to uh, get uh, very opinionated. Um, sometimes my opinions don't make the most sense. I've done I've tried my best over time to correct that, to bring in facts and statistics to back what I'm saying. Uh, but sometimes I let my emotions get the best of me and uh, I just let my mouth run wild. So uh, that's hopefully what this show is going to be about, bringing out a little more of my uh, personality. Uh, as you can see, once again, third podcast today, third time I'm out here on the terrace uh, with the Hudson River and the George Washington Bridge in the background recording. Uh, you know, it's very nice out. Hopefully we'll be able to take advantage of the nice weather with the, in the spring and the summer, record out here a bunch, uh, you know, bring, up, bring good vibes both to uh, Instagram viewers, uh, maybe not to those listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but uh, bring the good vibes to those people watching on Instagram and bring good vibes to me while I'm recording it. Uh, so I'll bring you guys more pleasure, uh, hopefully, as you listen. Uh, but very excited to start this new podcast, the third one uh, under the title of Strive Sports. Uh, the other two are The Rent and Riding the BK Train, which could also be found in the link tree in my bio and can also uh, be accessed on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, but let's get to it. Uh, today I'm going to talk about a little bit about Yankees, uh, General Manager Brian Cashman, and uh, going to connect that a little bit to uh, uh, new Knicks president Leon Rose and, uh, uh, you know, the whole Jets situation uh, with uh, new GM, newest GM, Joe Douglas, new head coach, Salah, and uh, trading Sam Darnold in this, uh, before this upcoming draft. So I'm just going to start, start with Brian Cashman. I feel like I've said this before on previous podcasts, but, um, you know, I, I give him a ton of credit for what he's done over the years. You know, it is difficult to, to build a good team uh, year after year, 100-win caliber team year after year. Uh, he does go out and, and try to make moves each offseason to help benefit the team and make them better going into the next season since we've yet to win a championship, uh, which is the ultimate goal, uh, obviously, uh, as being playing the Yankee, working for the Yankees, being a fan of the Yankees, whatever it is. Uh, you know, but the, I've just seen a lot of questionable calls by him uh, throughout the years, uh, especially in the last 10. Um, you know, he hasn't won us a championship in over 11 years. Uh, and, you know, there has to be a time for the longest tenured GM, I believe, in American sports. 
Uh, I think he got the job in 1995, inherited a team that uh, already had drafted and had in their minor league system or in the major leagues, Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, uh, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera, Tito Martinez, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, uh, and the, you know the list just goes on. Um, so he inherited that team. They won four out of five World Series from 96 to 2000. Uh, impressive stuff. You know, he made big moves like uh, acquiring Brocious, obviously also getting Wade Boggs for their first one. But, you know, recently he hasn't been getting the job done. It's starting, let's start with one of the big ones. Alex Rodriguez, 2000, acquired him in 2003. Uh, we didn't make the World Series until, until 2009, which is when we won the first time with A-Rod. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of money on him, uh, didn't really wind up uh, being, you know, it was worth it in the long run because we did win, but overall, you know, that payroll, how the way his contract affected the payroll um, might have had a negative impact on the team and, and some players that we could have added, some key components, uh, maybe a pitcher or two since our pitching wasn't so great uh, during that era, uh, during the 2000s era. Uh, Mike Mussina being the main uh, contributor from the starting pitchers. Uh, also, I'll give some credit to Chinman Wong for his time, you know. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I, even after that, signing a guy like Randy Johnson, you know, on the tail end of his career, I don't see how that was a positive bone. It seems like he's stretching. And then you get into the 2000s uh, after we won the World Series. Um, you know, he signs guys like Curtis Granderson, Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran, Jacoby Ellsberg, all duds, all didn't work, all didn't pan out. Uh, so you see, I'm, I'm starting to get into my opinionated views. I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm in, a t I'm in a, between a rock and a hard place because uh, I don't know if I necessarily want them to fire him because I don't know if we'll get someone better, but I feel like he just has been missing a lot. Um, he's building good teams, but he's just not getting the over that hump that the Yankees need in order to really be World Series uh, championship contenders, which it's hard to say that they are other than the years that they made the ALCS, but when you're losing in the race to the ALDS, uh, I don't really consider you a true championship World Series contender. Um, you know, all those moves I was talking about from the early 2000s, uh, Carlos Beltran, Brian McCann, Jacoby Ellsbury, um, Curtis Granderson, you know, that was just a means to an end. He just wanted to put out a team that could compete a little bit. He knew that that wasn't actually a World Series caliber team. Um, so I can't really blame him for those years so much because, you know, you can't be the, the greatest team of all time every single year. Um, they were making the playoffs those years. They won in 2009. Uh, so I can't give him too much, uh, you know, bad mouth for, can't bad mouth, him, bad mouth him too much for that. But definitely think we could have done more during those years. Uh, you know, we don't just settle for one World Series. When we win one World Series, uh, you know, we want to rattle them off. We want them to come in pairs. Uh, kind of like what happened with the Giants in the early 2010s and the Yankees in the late 90s. Uh, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And then it just seems like Cashman keep kept on pushing, pushing things. And again, I'm not pushing for him to get fired. I'm just saying that with the amount of money that he's capable of using, uh, I think that we should have been a better team for many of those years. Um, but he goes on to you know make some moves, trades for James Paxton, trades for Sonny Gray. Uh, I'm not a real big fan of those moves at all, honestly. I don't know who is or what Yankee fan would be. Maybe if you're a Red Sox fan, you're a fan of those moves. Uh, not that either of those trades really worked out so well for the other team, 
but uh, you know, two guys that were supposed to be the answer to the Yankees' problem. Originally, Sonny Gray, uh, a Cy Young caliber ace type guy, didn't work in New York. Now he's in Cincinnati. You know, playing pretty well. Uh, or at least he did last year. James Paxton, uh, you're supposed to correct the problem of having no lefties in the rotation. Didn't work out. Uh, now he's even out for the year. Good thing we got rid of him, didn't resign him. But, uh, you know, I just feel like he's forcing moves. He's not, you know, making the, the smart, uh, classic move that he's that he made in the past, like, like acquiring a guy like Scott Brocious. Um, you know, I haven't seen a move like that from him in a while. You know, there are a couple here and there. There's the, your Urshelas. There are your uh, Luke Voigts. I'll give him credit for those 100%. But, uh, you know, trading for a guy like Giancarlo Stanton, as of right now, it hasn't been a good value for the Yankees. You know, it is good value in terms of the contract and in terms of the type of player that he is. Uh, you know, he's the type of guy that deserves to be paid one of the most in the league, and that's not even going to be the case anymore, the way contracts in baseball are uh, going crazy these days. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I, I like the trade. Uh, you know, in the moment, I may have liked the trade, but I think it was like a smokescreen to, you know, give us some, some more confidence. And, uh, and he saw uh, that this was a good contract, um, and that, that, that contracts were only going to get crazier, so he took advantage of that uh, and, and acquired Stanton. Um, you know, that was a good move for him, especially knowing that Steinbrenner, Hal Steinbrenner, doesn't necessarily want the Yankees to be spending as much as they used to. So, uh, getting a guy like this for for a low price relative to what he should be worth uh, was a move that Cashman, I think, knew that he needed to make. Uh, and you know. Seeing how the Yankees are playing now, Labor Torres struggling defensively at shortstop. Um, you know, first base being an issue right now, unless LeMay is there. Uh, I just see that I saw the situation is perfect for Francisco Lindor. Um, and, you know, they didn't jump on that opportunity because they probably didn't want to spend. Can't blame Cashman for that. Can't blame Cashman for making that stand move, though, instead of uh, waiting on it going for a guy like Lindor, especially looking back on it now, Stanton always injured, uh, finally stepped up in the postseason last year, but that was one series, so I'm not going to be taking too much away from that, but it's really disappointing seeing that, uh, you know, how good our infield could have been with uh, Urshela at third, um, Lindor at short, Glaber at second, Void at first, uh, Lindor, one of the best switch hitters in the history of baseball, in my opinion. Would have taken that role of Hicks, uh, three hitter, or maybe even he would have been leadoff. Uh, it's too late now. You know, crosstown rival Mets uh, stole him away. Uh, good for them, obviously. Uh, I'm happy for the Mets. I'm happy for Steve Cohen. I hope that they're able to compete. I don't hope that they win a World Series. I hope they're able to compete, though. Um, you know, I just think it's very questionable a lot of the moves he's made. I think that they're that they're forced moves. Uh, you know, looking at, I mentioned a guy who might be the worst move of them all that uh, I think he, that, you know, Brian Cashman really loves, and that's Aaron Hicks. Uh, you know, Aaron Hicks, we only really traded uh, John Ryan Murphy for him, uh, backup catcher. That means that the Twins clearly didn't think so highly of him when they traded him in the first place. Uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, you know, he had one good year. I think that he, Hicks hit 260 in his first year around, and you know, Brian Cashman sent it on a seven-year deal with Hicks. Uh, that was quite unfortunate to see. I mean, uh, he hasn't been quite the player since. He's best at getting walks. Um, 
you know, I think he'd be beneficial as a leadoff hitter, as I've said in my uh, other podcast, The Rant. Um, I, I don't know if the, if the management is getting involved in this and the fact that they continuously hit him third. Um, I don't know if it's the analytics and Brian Cashman saying that, you know, we got to go for all these home runs or not, but uh, this team is not playing up to their potential offensively. I, I like a lot what Brian Cashman's done with the rotation. He's, he's brought it from our weakness to our strength now, especially the combo of the, the pitching and the bullpen. But even, even with the pitching, I even have a problem with our signing of Garrett Cole because you look at who we didn't sign the, the season prior to that. Uh, that would be Patrick Corbin, who went to the Washington Nationals. And you should go take a look at how Patrick Corbin played, uh, not just in the regular season, uh, bringing the Nationals uh, back from back into contention from being well below 500 at the midpoint of the season to being the World Series champions, to coming out of the bullpen, being a key component of uh, – holding down that Astros offense and leading the Nationals to a World Series. So we pass on Corbin, the Nationals win the World Series after signing Corbin, and then we spend even more money on Garrett Cole in the next offseason. Listen, I'm not saying that these are bad moves. I'm not saying it's a reason to fire him. I'm just saying that it's these are really questionable moves uh, for a guy that's been the longest tenured GM in baseball right now. And, you know, he only has really one built team on his own to show for it in 2009. I, I don't give him the credit for 96 to 2000 as much. You know, he did get some guys like Brocious and Boggs and Strawberry, but it doesn't matter because the main guys were already set in stone beforehand, talking about Jeter, Pettit, Rivera, Posada, O'Neill, Martinez. Uh, the list goes on, you know, Bernie. Uh, he, the team was already assembled at that point, the main, the main parts of the team. And honestly, the main parts of the team were still assembled in 09. But he did get guys like Teixeira, CeCe, Burnett. Definitely did help us on our way to the World Series. Uh, you know, I'll give him credit for that. But also, I'll, I'll say that those guys that he signed did struggle for a little bit after. I'll give CeCe was, was probably the best overall. Uh, he struggled for a bunch of years after that 09 season. Uh, maybe he had a good year in 2010, I forget. But he struggled for a bunch of years. Finally, he refound himself later on, uh, the last couple of years before he retired. Uh, Teixeira had an amazing first year, hit like around 290. Um, Smacking home run, switch hitter, uh, great defender. Wasn't the same offensively after that first year. Uh, was a 250 and sub hitter. So, you know, it's hard to argue that these signings were really so amazing. They did bring us the One World Series, so we can't get too greedy and say that they were terrible signings. But, you know, overall, I think that a lot of questionable moves by, by Brian Cashman. He's been the GM for so long. He has always had one of the highest payrolls in the league. Uh, we've been competing, winning 100 games uh, for the past five years. We won 100 games like two of those years. Um, so to, to not have made the World Series with one of the highest payrolls, um, you know, I'm not even asking to win the World Series, just to make it. Uh, I think it goes to show that maybe he's losing his touch a little bit. Uh, he's not fixing some of the problems that we have year after year, which is, uh, you know, starting, uh, not used to be starting pitching, finally fixed it. Now it's a uh, lack of left-handed hitting in the lineup. Uh, and maybe even, you know, hitters that hit for average. We're just trying to smack home runs this year. 
Uh, and again, I don't know if it's the analytics and Brian Cashman's guys that are telling the Yankees to go for all these home runs, which is why their averages are down and they're not playing well with runners in scoring position, and they're honestly not even hitting as many home runs as usual. Uh, I can't speak on that because I don't know, but if it is Brian Cashman saying that, then I have an issue with that because, uh, you know, the past couple years, we've had issues in the playoffs, only going for home runs, not able to drive in runners on base hits, hitting poorly with runners in scoring position, leaving a ton of runners on base. You know, it's the same thing year in and year out when it get, comes to the playoffs. The offense doesn't step up. The pitching is there. So, I mean, I definitely hope that it's not Brian Cashman. I hope that he can... You know, find some type of savior to the season, whether it be moving the lineup around a little bit, uh, acquiring a low-key guy like Luke Voigt midseason. He already kind of did that in, in acquiring Odor, a guy that's hit over 30 home runs multiple seasons in his career. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. I can't overreact too much uh, to what's happening this season so far, but I'll tell you why I don't think I'm overreacting. It's because I've been saying this for a bunch of years now. Um, he hasn't gotten us to that World Series. He hasn't gotten us that appearance. Um, he hasn't been so good for my generation of Yankees fans, uh, only giving us that one World Series in 09, which I unfortunately was unable to experience uh, due to the fact that I was asleep because uh, I was 12 years old. Um, so it's it's tough because you know we're obviously gonna it's gonna be tough finding a guy better than Cashman. But I just think that given the fact that he is so much at his disposal. Uh, he should be doing a better job. I mean, for instance, the Rays, uh, obviously their payroll is nowhere near the Yankees, uh, and yet, you know, they're, they're finding low-key guys, such as uh, Yoshi Satsugo, uh, you know, a left-handed guy that easily could be a Yankee. But no, he's on the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Not that uh, we really had any space for a guy like Yoshi Satsugo, but, you know, they're finding the guys that, uh, using their analytics, that are, that are going to fit perfectly in their system. It's similar to the Rays. Uh, so, you know, I think that their analytics are better than us. Uh, you know, they're finding more low-key guys, which is a better value than the guys that, that we have right now, even though a lot of our good players aren't getting paid yet, such as uh, Judge and Torres, um, Urshela, uh, Frazier, uh, just to name a few. But, you know, it's, it's disappointing to see a team teams with lower payrolls uh, be more successful than us, especially the Rays, an in-division rival, uh, you know, that have been slaughtering us for a bunch of seasons now, especially in Tampa Bay. Um, so, you know, I, moving on to, you know, another GM discussion, which I'm not totally bought in on, I'm definitely more bought in on Brian Cashman than uh, my man Joe Douglas for the Jets. Uh, just because Brian Cashman is a history, he's won championships. Yes, Joe Douglas won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, but he wasn't the head GM. Uh, so I have more, I have more, I have more faith in Brian Cashman at this point. But I just need to bring some Jets fans back to life on Joe Douglas. Uh, you shouldn't 100%. You know, we were all bought in on every GM we've ever had. So you know, you can buy in all you want. I understand that's what it is being a Jets fan. But you know, don't. Don't hurt yourself. Don't don't break your own heart when it, if it doesn't work out. I mean, you know, the guy had a good draft last year, it seems like. I like Becton a lot. Uh, I like Mims. Um, you know, Ashton Davis has potential. Bryce Hall, he got he got good potential in those late, later on picks. Um, I, I like some of the signings he made this year, some uh, under-the-radar guys like uh, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, um, Gerard Davis. Uh, I don't know how he managed to get Sheldon Rankins. So I like what he's doing.
but you know it's going to be a lot depending on this draft. He just so a few years ago uh, we just we moved up to number three to draft Sam Darnold, and now we're moving on from him. Um, you know that's that, and we're clearly drafting a quarterback in this draft, probably Zach Wilson, uh, according to all reporters. Uh, you know, it's just hard for me to, to buy back in on that being a Jets fan. Um, another quarterback, I think that we'd be the first team ever to draft two quarterbacks in the top three in the span of uh, three or four years, something like that. Um, and, you know, in last draft, uh, I was hearing on the Michael K show, they were talking today about how, yeah, imagine if they didn't draft Sam Darnold last time and they just drafted Quentin Nelson last time. And then we'd be perfectly fine coming into coming into now, uh, having a great offensive line. But it, it's a similar situation now. Now we're going to, you know, instead of we didn't move up this time, but we're, we traded our quarterback. We're, st we're running it back again, basically, which is what we did with Sam Darnold drafting the quarterback. Uh, we're running it back. We're going to be running it back with Zach Wilson straight from the top, and we're passing on a guy like Penny Sewell, who could be a generational type of offensive lineman, similar to Quentin Nelson uh, back in 2018. So you know, I'm just watching this happen. I'm seeing the same thing happen again for the Jets: draft a quarterback, pass on the uh, you know all-pro caliber offensive lineman. Um, you know, he's succeeded unbelievably for the Colts. Might be the best offensive lineman in the league. Uh, makes me pretty upset that we don't have him on our team. I think that uh, whatever quarterback we had, we would have would have benefited from him being, uh, you know, in the offensive line, uh, one of the best guards in the league. Maybe will be one of the best all time when it's all said and done for his career. But once again, we're going to draft a quarterback, pass up on that offensive line talent that's right there, ready for us to take. Uh, and you know, we're not giving our quarterback much help in the, on the offensive line. Uh, in my opinion, probably better than what Sam Darnold had to start, but still nothing special. And again, the receivers are not going to make up for the lack of running back depth. Like we have Tevin Coleman and not much else. Uh, and we'll see what we do with that second first round pick and that second round pick. Um, you know, I was really a big fan of Najee Harris. I thought that keeping Sam Darnold, uh, drafting Penne, and then getting Najee Harris would have been the best uh, route to getting Sam to have a successful year. Uh, but I guess getting Christian McCaffrey, uh, putting him on the same team as Christian McCaffrey is another way of uh, getting him to have a fantastic year. So uh, good luck to Sam. Uh, definitely not 100% bought in on Joe Douglas. I like what he's done so far. I'm just not going to get myself too far ahead to, to, uh, as to break my heart later on when he uh, botches all of these draft picks. Uh, obviously, Zach Wilson is going to be the main deciding factor uh, on how I trade this grade this class um if if zach wilson's not good then terrible draft class if zach wilson's good i'm still not 100 percent bought in i still need to see how some of the other guys perform uh i'm interested to see how they use that other set first round pick i want to see how they use that second round pick i want to see if they're focusing mainly on offense or defense i think that if they're going quarterback they have to mainly focus on offense um you know to to build something around zach wilson if you want him to succeed right away and the fans to buy in, then uh, build something around him uh, that isn't there, which is an offensive line, maybe some running backs. Uh, I still don't believe that we have a number one caliber receiver unless Denzel Mims or Corey Davis suddenly turn into that. I do think we have depth at receiver, uh, but I'm just not going to buy in. I'm going to wait a little bit. Everyone, Every other Jets fan is buying in a lot. They're just getting their, ready to... It, 
for their hearts to be broken one day when it when it all doesn't pan out. But uh, you know, there's a reason, and I'll give you a reason why I can even buy in. Obviously, Brian Cashman. Enough. Nothing even needs to be said why I buy into Brian Cashman over Joe Douglas. But I'll tell you why I even buy into a guy like Leon Rose, the new president of the Knicks, over Joe Douglas. Uh, you know, first season in, the Knicks, tremendous uh, improvement from last year. Uh, not many of the same guys back. Uh, you know, we draft two rookies, both uh, both playing decent, you know, quickly, a better uh, value pick at 23 than uh, Toppin at 9, but uh, that's a steal there for Leon Rose in his, in his first year as president. Uh, signing guys like Burks and Bullock and Noel and acquiring Taj Gibson in the middle of the season and acquiring Derrick Rose in the middle of the season are all going towards the Knicks' success right now. The Knicks are successful right now. The Jets are not successful right now. They weren't successful last year. Uh, they're not successful right now. They could be successful in the future, and I'll buy in then. Uh, but as for the Knicks, the Knicks are successful right now. They're one game above 500. Have shown immense, uh, you know, improvement from the from the season before. Uh, you know, in one off season, Leon Rose takes over the team, completely rebuilds it, pretty much gives them a new vibe, new energy in the building. Uh, you know, in the past, I've seen. The Knicks on defense, they're always switching. It's always a mismatch on their switch. I see the way that Leon Rose built the team. They switch. It's not a mismatch. Whether it's Bullock, uh, RJ, Randall, um, Payton, uh, Burks coming off the bench, they're all versatile guys that can play defense on a one, a two, a three, and if need be, a four. So they're, they're versatile players uh, on defense. Uh, also pretty versatile on offense, honestly. So I really, you know, I'm noticing from just from this season, in one offseason, Leon Rose has made a difference. Uh, and, in, and in Joe Douglas's one offseason, he didn't make a difference. They went 2-14. and 14. Um, I'm not going to put all the blame on him. As I said, I, I don't think I, I don't blame him. I just, I'm not going to fully buy in the way that many Jets fans have uh at this point of his tenure as the GM of the Jets. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the draft very much. The draft's going to have a, a major say in how I'm viewing him uh, leading up to the season. But uh, as of right now, I'm definitely the most bought in on in terms of New York GMs, not including the, the, net, the Mets or the Nets. Uh, I'm most bought in on Leon Rose for the Knicks. Uh, then Brian Cashman and least bought in on Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas has a lot to prove to me. Uh, Leon Rose has proved a lot to me this season, and Brian Cashman has proved a lot for me in the past. But uh, as a, as a lot of other fans say, the Yankees fans, the past is the past. You're counting. Stop bringing it up. We don't care about those rings. It's all about right now. And uh, that's what I got to say to Brian Cashman. You proved it to me in the past, so go ahead, prove it to me again. Uh, you know, I think that we are going to need some midseason acquisitions for the Yankees if we are going to win the World Series, whether it be just a, a backup guy that could be a good uh, pinch hitter or just a, a good fielder to, you know, go in the field uh, to take over for someone else. Uh, you know, Taupman had an error last night in center field. He was supposed to be a good defender. Um, additionally, Glaber Torres struggling at shortstop. Obviously, we have Tyler Wade, but we could get a better guy than Tyler Wade offensively at least. Uh, I mean, he's a speedster, Tyler Wade also. Uh, so th those are my thoughts. Uh, I don't know if I was like so opinionated today. I hope I brought in some facts. I hope I wasn't too much of a dogmatist today. But uh, I'll bring you those dogmatist opinions 
Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is your Tuesday edition, first ever episode. I'll be back Thursday with more of my uh, radical opinions. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I just did uh, quotations with my hands. Uh, I'm not so I'm not that radical. I don't think, at least not today. Maybe another time. Maybe a guest will get me a little more spiced up. But uh, that's it for today. Again, you can catch this podcast and my others uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can find those podcasts on the link tree in my Instagram bio. Uh, at the Strive Sports is the Instagram page uh, for Benjamin Klein. That's it on this Tuesday evening. Uh, Yankees playing right now. Going to go watch that game. Uh, Going to be talking tomorrow. Uh, on my rant about Yankees, Mets, Nets, the whole deal tomorrow. So tune in for my rant. Also tune in for my other show, Riding the BK Train, uh, all presented by Strive Sports. Uh, but that's it. That's enough for today. I hope you enjoyed the views. Uh, ben Klein out. Peace.